Welcome to He Said, She Said Razor Branding Podcast with Michael Russo and Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to He Said, She Said Razor Branding Podcast with Michael Russo and Jackie Russo. Michael, I mean, I think I say this every time, but this time I might really mean it. This is one people are going to enjoy, not just because we sound smart and witty and funny, but because Adam Warner is awesome. Wouldn't you agree? My guy, Adam. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. My guy, Warner. That's the my guy, yeah, Warner. my guy, Warner. Come on. And that will make sense if you listen to the entire episode. Uh, it comes to play. So let me just set the table for all of you who are thinking, oh, am I going to invest an hour or not? Well, Adam Warner is the director of field marketing at GoDaddy. Oh, yeah. He's a big get. In his role, Adam raises brand awareness through events and community discussions. And we highlight that. We talk about how that has shifted over the past couple of years. Before joining GoDaddy, Adam was co-founder of Foo Plugins, providing high quality and standards compliant WordPress and jQuery plugins. And we talk about that too, and how things have changed and how chat GPTs continue to change things. Michael does go into a bit of a spiral about the future, but then he rallies at the end and it's all okay. So everybody, listen in and welcome to Adam Warner. Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jackie and Michael. I'm I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we are excited. You know, Michael talks often about the quality of guests that we get, and we're not really sure how. Uh, just, you know, I hope you enjoy it and you tell the others. But you may be taking us to a higher level even today because you've got an impressive resume and background. Tell the people about what you do. Wow, that is a lot of pressure. Thank you for the kind <laughs> words. I appreciate it. Uh, so uh, my current role is the director of field marketing for GoDaddy. Uh, and what that translates into uh, specifically is we are focused on the web designer and developer audience, and even more specifically, the WordPress community of users. Um, as you likely know, WordPress is an open source web publishing platform powering uh, 40 plus percent of all sites on the internet. Um, and this WordPress community is truly global. Uh, there are a series of events surrounding the software, all volunteer-led and organized, called WordCamps. Uh, GoDaddy is a global sponsor of these WordCamp events, which means we have access to attend and be present at, um, at these events. So that is what my team handles is um, our presence at these uh, WordCamp events. But more than that, uh, we are very involved in the WordPress community because uh, my entire team and many people at GoDaddy are WordPress users first and foremost. That's where we 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 started, um, uh, um, many people. <clears throat> and so what that means is because it's an open source project and it's all volunteer uh, based uh, uh, in terms of contributing to the project, uh, project, we contribute as well. And what that means is um, not just showing up at events and uh, pitching our products, um, it's bringing value to the community, bringing value to to the project to help make it better for, for all users. And there are 21 teams that um, are, are able to contribute to WordPress everywhere from core code uh, to uh, polyglots for translation to the community team, the marketing, uh, and many, many others. That's my like current said, role. Impressive. Uh, now, full disclosure, we are frequent WordPress users and uh, GoDaddy members. So, I, you know, I just don't want anybody to think that we're hiding, burying the lead. Um, <laughs> I imagine that of all industries, yours is one of the ones that has been most impacted by the rapid evolution of the digital space. And I think about all of the companies that have kind of popped up out of nowhere and become domain name registrar providers, which is one of the services GoDaddy provides, but it feels to me like y'all do so much more. So how do you stay ahead of all of these wannabe copycats that follow you around? Well, that's a really good question. Um, GoDaddy, I think at last count, um, and, and don't quote me on the number, but I think we had 52 
products in total. So anywhere from domains to various levels of web hosting, whether that's um, you know basic cPanel web, web hosting or managed hosting products like WordPress and WooCommerce. Um, we also have uh, GoDaddy Studio, which is um, an app for creating um, social content and many other things, and website builders. And so it's um, it's it's difficult to stay updated on all of the aspects uh, of, of product and solutions that GoDaddy provides. Um, but it's also, for me personally, it's one of the most fun um, aspects of my job is um, being in multiple internal Slack channels for multiple product teams, multiple marketing teams um, to kind of make sure that I'm aware of the overview of all the solutions that we have. So when we're out in the field and talking to people, um, whether it's the WordPress community or the wider web D and D or small business community that we're able to a be aware of everything that we offer, um, uh, and, and, and have the ability to talk about those solutions in the way that makes sense to whoever we're talking to, right. That's, that's our job is, is, um, it's not to sell things, right? Quote unquote, just go there and a traditional trade show, throw out business cards and make sales. It's to learn from our community of users in what their pain points are, whether that's again, small business owners that aren't technical or um, the high-end developers who um, who have other needs uh, and then be able to translate that communication back to these internal teams to highlight uh, gaps, to highlight hurdles, to highlight misses, or to highlight um, opportunities and, and where we could go. And like you said, the this industry, the digital industry moves so fast. And of course, with the advent of um, language learning models, chat GPT and, and, uh, and others, the amount of products that are that are being created and surfaced now especially uh in the web dnd or the, the web designer developer community and the wordpress community specifically is it's overwhelming uh so when i think of the digital age in that we're in right now it's um my mind goes to you know this is a bigger question than, than just branding of course but my mind goes to um the idea that we're we're kind of in another version of the industrial revolution, right? Things are changing and things are changing faster than they ever have. How do we make sure that we keep up um, as a company um, the size of GoDaddy, right? So uh, sometimes, uh, and I'll be frank here, sometimes in a company of this size, when you want to make a change, um, it's it's like steering a ship, right? It It takes a long time sometimes to to pivot and to, to take another approach, but I am happy to report that um, all teams are very aware of, of how fast things are changing and what other companies are doing and building in these new AI tools and, uh, and we're there as well. So uh, we should have some, some really interesting and fun things to talk about in the coming weeks and months. To kind of take a step back, I'm curious to have your pulse on your take on like not just where we are, but how far we've come so fast. You know, I mean, we talk about it a lot in here. Like we we used to have a um a web division here and we said we decided we need to not be in the web business anymore as far as building sites from scratch. We wanted to find partners to help us with that because we built WordPress sites, we had a programmer full time on staff. It was such a, a it's a giant effort. I mean, it took so much time and planning and it, it, it's a, it's an art and a science unto itself. And I don't think people really- It's not really our skill even, set. No, and, 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 and yeah, you can get by with building um, a pop-up site and a couple of landing pages, things like that. And that's what we do. We can do those kind of things. But when we get to like, okay, we need to build a website. We want to go find somebody that can really dig in. We do. We we help with the copy. We help with the development, the branding, and stuff like that. But but the the building of it, like somebody that can really get in there. And um, nowadays with the builders, it's so much easier, right? I mean, uh, people have access to it. But I guess what I'm getting back to is, you know, when we first started our agency, um, Flash was the king, you know, and how everybody was so God. It was these 
videos and moving and it was like you had to have your own coding and it was it was kind of a nightmare to, to really outdo yourself every time with these things and then now we've turned into this template society really where websites are websites i try to explain to people all the time like most websites are there's a header there's an image there's a there's a top block there's section you know what i'm saying like there's a grid that we all follow right mm -hmm. and that's made it easier has it made it more dull too i, I don't know like what, what are your thoughts on all that Oh, boy, Michael, those are some really interesting points. And first of all, I want to mention uh, in the age of Flash, uh, so I my, my first website I ever built was probably in 96 or 97, um, just self-taught HTML. And then it was the the days of GeoCities and Microsoft front page. And then and on and on. Um, and, and when Flash came about and when Flash was super popular, um, you know, think back to how just creatively amazing a flash site could be or was, um, you know, you had um, horizontal navigation and you were, it was, it was not structured like you've described in, you know, the typical website these days. Um, side note, if you get a chance after you're listening to this show, search noodles on my back flash animation it's one of my favorite earworm songs um so um i think i've lost track of the question uh it, it, these days like you've, you've mentioned a, a website is pretty standardized these days in terms of form and structure and what i've seen through the years has become just increasingly important and i think more important now than ever are all of the things that a website includes and making sure that those things have a strategy behind them, right? So when you think of a website, it really, well, this is how I think of it. It is the hub of whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. It is the go-to source for all of the things that your business or your service um, needs to communicate. Uh, so when you th when you think of it as the hub of the wheel, then you've got social and you've got paid media and you've got all of these other things surrounding it. All of those things need to have a strategy independent of or in partnership with the site itself and how you want to surface those things. Right. So content, it needs a strategy and then it needs actual content. Uh, uh, again, paid campaigns, uh, whether you're doing uh, Google ads or social uh, advertising, that needs a strategy. And then this, it needs to connect to the site in the appropriate way um, in order to uh, make an impact and obviously make sales or gain customers. Um, I don't know if that answered your question, Michael. And if it didn't, please redirect me. No, uh, I, but that's I, the current I, line of thinking. No, it did. There's really no answer to it. I mean, you know, it's it's again, you talk about how fast it's all evolving and moving and it is. And and today it's moving so fast. You mentioned, you know, AI involvement. And I mean, it's just it's a it's a blur. And I mean, um, if you look back at the past 20 years, it's moved fast. But now it seems to be accelerating, you know, and yeah. um, and keeping up with it and and having um I guess from our perspective as an agency, your perspective as well, it's how do you harness that? How do you, you know, not not be afraid of it or or intimidated by it, but how do you use it to your advantage? Yeah, and I think that's that's the big question, right? So on and on one hand, the advent of this AI in terms of building websites is pretty scary for a web design and developer community. Um, I can go to chat GPT and I can say, build me a WordPress plugin that does this, this, and this, or build me an entire website that focuses on this, this, and this, and it'll spit out the code and you can plop that into an HTML file and you're good to go. Right. So does, does that mean that web designers and developers doing the actual work, whether they're using a page builder or they're custom coding, does it mean that that industry is going to really take a big hit? Um, I think it, there's potential there. And I think that, um, that, uh, that there will be a certain percentage of web designers and developers who will get left behind. But I think the key is to get familiar with this technology, figure out how to build it into your workflow 
to enhance and streamline whatever it is you're offering. So in terms of companies like GoDaddy or, or any other uh, you know company in the digital space, if we don't build in these solutions to uh, make things easier for the end user, we'll get left behind. Right. There's uh, in my mind, there's no question um, you do. You, you have to assimilate uh, in order to um, continue to push the boundaries. And what what this AI will provide us in 20 years in every industry, in my mind uh, just explodes thinking about it. There's so many options. Michael's mind explodes, but in the wrong direction. It totally freaks him out. <laughs> it does. I'm, 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 I'm trying to yeah. be cool about it, but you know, yeah, cool. I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm cool. We adapt, we, whatever it, it's, you know, yeah. uh, from my argument, my not argument, my hit against it. And the sadness is just on another whole tangent is as a society, do we get lazy? Do we stop inventing and creating ourselves? And, um, cause one of the big arguments I, I, you know, I'll be on TikTok or and these, these creators are talking about, you know, now it puts it in our hands, people that aren't creative, like that's great. <laughs> but for all the people that actually spent a lifetime building a craft and, and learning something and, and getting good at it, now I can go on there and cheat the system. And it's it's a cheat, you know, and um, yeah, it does make it easier. It does open the door for many people. And I understand that. But from from a perspective of not just my own career path. I mean, we're, we're deep into this. I think we'll always have a place as, as strategists and people that help manage things, you know, as, as we evolve. But at the same time, you know, that that idea that we're still driving the car, you know, and that we're mm -hmm. still, you know, thoughtful human beings that are creating things and inventing things versus now we, we're asking something else to do it for us, you know? Yeah, and I think that's an absolutely valid concern. Um, one of the ways I like to think of it is, um, so when when the internet became much more accessible to many more people, there were people um, like us in our industry who learned those tools, who learned how to build sites, who learned about digital marketing. Um, and then that translated into offering these services and making a full-time income and surviving. And I think the same thing can be said for um, for these AI tools um, in any industry. If you are actively digging in, learning how to use them and maybe in some ways manipulate them for whatever your needs are, there will be the opposite of that. There will be people that don't uh, have that interest, that don't dig in, that don't understand how they can use these tools um, for the benefit of themselves or or for other people. So I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic uh, about the future of the web in general. Um, I think we're going to see some. Some solutions that come out that are just things that were only fantasies, um, you know, 5, 10, 20 years ago um, and what will be uh, available to us. Uh, there was someone, I can't remember who the interview was with, um, so my apologies, I can't cite it properly, but um, the prediction that was that each of us will have eventually our own AI assistant, our own avatar, if you will, or our own dedicated AI for whatever we need to do in life. Uh, and when you think about the education system, I think this is where this was the topic of that uh, that um, interview was the education system is going to be uh, transformed like we've never seen it. Um, we've already we've already seen the troubles with, you know, students using AI for reports and things. Um but imagine a world where <clears throat> from a young age you have an AI assistant and it's a self self-paced learning path on whatever you want to know. Now, there should be guardrails, there should be um, um, pathways into um, to making sure that people are getting the the education and the information they need. Uh, so again, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm going off the rails here from uh, <laughs> digital marketing and web, but um, you know the web is going to be the thing that uh, facilitates that, right? You can't have AI and you can't use AI if the internet doesn't exist, All right? So um, yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes. 
Yeah, it's a brave new world. I think for the time being, what I'm seeing is that we're entering the, um, it may be a brief age, but it is the age of mediocrity because um, everything that's coming out is is sound. It, I'm not going to, I've played with it. I've, I've, I've put in queries. I've, 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 I've tried the prompts. I've done all these things and, and it sounds pretty damn good. You know, like I said, it looks, it's, it's pretty legit, but it's all very generic. You know, it's all very mm -hmm. kind of vanilla. And, um, and that's where you still need somebody that can go in and, and, and make it more customized and more unique and more special you know i think we're st we still have that that need as as a society and as people um where that goes i don't know i, I like i said if they've come this far and it's it's moving that fast and I, I i'm curious about where it's going to end up you know if we're going to be um like jean-luc picard you know calling out for the computer to do something and it does it you know whatever that is whatever it is that happens mm -hmm. in our house right now we tell know, the lights does. to turn on and they turn on. Mm -hmm. I know. You're already yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe in another six months or year, I'll say, uh, you know, chat GPT, build me a marketing campaign for this very specific company in this very specific vertical, and then create a website, create a paid marketing campaign, uh, create some content on these subjects. And uh, so in that way, it would streamline uh, and assist. But I think, Michael, you're right on target that there, the, there needs to be the human aspect of that. It's not you ask this thing and then you deliver it to someone. Although, you know, many people already are doing that, right? Um, oh, yeah. But I think that that will eventually kind of filter out. And I think, um, at least I hope, that people who need a presence on the web or need um, what it is that we all offer <clears throat> will be more selective. It'll be clear that if they're working someone who is just not doing the human creative work or the human uh, thought process um, that, that that would become clear. And so I, I don't, that's my hope, right? So that people would still depend on people, uh, but use AI as a tool. But again, who knows what's going to happen. What um, I'm curious to just on to Taylor on that, like WordPress is um, I think familiar to most people. And I think WordPress is one of the first, um, um, platforms that allowed, you know, the end user to go in and, and make edits on a website without knowing how to program, you know, it's like, you know, you can use a WYSIWYG or a WordPress editor kind of thing just to go in and, and, and do things right. What, and I know there's a lot of, um, other proprietary things that we run into a client will come on board and they have, oh, we built our site on this or built our site on that. And it's like, oh, okay, great. Now we got to go figure this out and learn it. And eventually we try to get them onto WordPress because we're most familiar with it. And it just seems easier to, to manage long-term. Um, what, what are some of the other things right now that, that are, that are, that are fighting WordPress in, in the marketplace? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, the, the benefit of WordPress, as you said, is that it, it's open source. Anybody can contribute to it. Anybody can um, modify it, redistribute their modifications based on the, the GPL license. Um, and that is what has, made WordPress that software so successful. Um, it's WordPress's 20th anniversary this year. Uh, for So for the last 20 years, um, that open web philosophy, that open source philosophy is what has helped propel it. I think some of the things that are fighting against that project specifically are probably um, – more e-commerce related like that's what first comes that's what comes to mind first wordpress um has um um the ability to become an e-commerce site with the uh, inclusion of the woocommerce plugin and there's other solutions but woocommerce is by far the leader uh in that and um so when you think of an e-commerce site then you think of competitors like shopify or um webflow or well, that's more of a builder, but um, or big commerce or others, right? So, um, what I've seen is that for 
certain audiences, those tools are enough. It's they're very easy to use. You go, you uh, point and click, you you add your products, and you're good to go. Everything is built in. But for the business owners or entrepreneurs who want more control uh, over the customizations of their site, that's 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 where the problem comes in with these um, out of the box solutions or these closed platforms. Um, so I think. Um, I think WordPress will continue to push boundaries. I think WordPress will become the engine for a lot of other things. Uh, so when you when you when you take Tumblr as an example, Tumblr was a social platform and feed. Um, it was acquired by um, Automatic, which is the company that's owned by the WordPress Open Source Project co-founder Matt Mullenweg, um, and uh, they're building in. Uh, WordPress as the backend for Tumblr. So when you think of WordPress as a as an engine with APIs and, and that you can interact with and do um, a, a wide variety of things, I think just the benefit of that is very clear compared to uh, these closed platforms like Shopify or um, um, you know Sitecore or any of these these web builders. I want to um, switch just for a second and talk about the work you do directly for GoDaddy and the events and that B2B strategy of kind of being in person and the pivot that you had to have gone through a couple of years ago. And now that the in-person events are coming back, have you modified how you're taking advantage of those opportunities and maximizing those opportunities? Yes. Um that's a okay. really good question. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes, done. Moving on. <laughs> yes, and next. So, a fifty-word no, uh, question turns into a one-word answer. I like no, it. Yeah. So, previous to the pandemic, um, uh, uh, we were out at as many events as we could be, um, and of course, we did make a pivot, like everybody else. We went to virtual events. Um, uh, the good news for us is that we had already been experimenting with an online platform for some other initiatives that that we had going. We were going to do a series of uh, in-person meetups and using uh, the platform that we use to facilitate that. Um, but since that time, we've had, I don't know, three, 400 different um, GoDaddy Pro meetups for this audience. Um, and I say that so I can say that interacting with any community of users really comes down to the first thing that you need to do is be a member of that community. You need to be your own customer, right? You need to be your own audience. And I, and I'm not talking, well, I'm going to go join this community of, of, you know, golf cart users so I can then sell them stuff. Um, I'm talking about having a real passion and being a real part of that community. And then, what you do then is you bring value to the community first, right? And so if you're bringing value and you're a visible member and you're, you're helping move that community forward, then you, you, you top that off with a presence as a brand. Uh, but I am an individual in the community representing this brand. And I'm not there again to, to you know do a car salesman type of pitch i'm there to learn how you're using our solutions or what your business is about what you're trying to accomplish so then i can go oh well did you know that we have this thing that could help with that um and so when you become a a, a member of a community that's bringing value and then you're representing as a brand you're creating the relationships first. That's a lot of what we do. And that's our, our, our one of our main focuses is that you, you create these one-on-one -on -one relationships, which then creates trust because they know that you're a genuine person and you're not just there to run an event and, and sell things. Um, and those relationships and this trust translates into people wanting to use what it is you're promoting. Um, and even if they're having problems uh, or if they've had a bad experience, that's the other side of our job is to communicate those things, which I mentioned earlier, to internally to make sure that we fix the things that needed to be fixed. Um, does that answer your question, Jackie? I'm not sure if it does. 
Not only does it answer the question, it goes above and beyond any answer I could have hoped for. It's the mic drop <laughs> moment in the middle. It's the thing that I want to copy, paste, and repeat over and over again because you just hit on so many points that I think people forget. You know, they want to try to sell to everybody, even in the B2B space. They want to sell to everybody. And I keep telling them, no. You have to segment and then you have to prioritize those segments because you can't be as enmeshed as you're talking about to eight different target audiences. So let's stop trying to be wide and let's go deep because you build a community and you build real relationships. Then you aren't selling, you're serving. Absolutely. I love that. You're not selling, you're serving. That's exactly yes. uh, the philosophy I think anyone should take and needs to take in order to be successful. You know, um, like you've said, uh, niche down, um, don't go wide because what that affords you is those personal relationships, that trust that you're building. And then everything kind of fans out the, from there. I remember years ago, I ran a um, a WordPress tutorial site called WP Pro Business. And within that site, I was just creating tutorials on how to do different things with website building and WordPress specifically. Um, it's since uh, taken ownership by someone else. Um, but one of the things I would do regularly is I had my email newsletter. And uh, I had a, a a situation with my son where he was 15 months old and he had a febrile seizure and it was a big deal for us. He's fine. He, he He's... Uh, He's a, a very active, almost 11-year-old now. Um, but I communicated in my email newsletter that personal story um, just because I had fallen off on some of my content creation. I was focusing on that. Um, but boy, the the response that I got from you know the few hundred people that were on the list at the time was immediate. It was supportive. It was um, a lot of personal connections came out of that. And I'm still in touch with, you know, people that were interested in those things um, way back then. And so, you know, I'm not advocating that every business or small business owner should share personal information because uh, it can definitely go the other way. Right. I want to know about this thing, but you're telling me all about your life. Um, I, I think there's value there finding the balance um, in being honest and open and genuine um again because it just it builds trust for all people well except for the ais but uh yet uh, and I, so i think that value cannot be understated or overstated excuse me i'm i'm curious you know on and not to go back to the subject but um one thing is intellectual property of of, of people that create things like um you can now go in to these um, these AI chat GPTs and say, write this in the voice of something. And it will go research that person and spit it back out to you as if they wrote it. And it's not exact and whatnot, but aren't you borrowing and stealing basically from someone's, what they've already done? You know, because basically what this is doing is it's scouring the web and pulling up all this information and absorbing it and then putting it back out borrowing from what's already out there, which is what you can do right now, right? If you have the time and the effort and the talent to go do that, it's research, it's 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 finding mm -hmm. ideas and saying, I'm gonna write this in the style of this, but now it's something doing it for you. And so is, isn't is there, especially on the web, you know, like there seems to be nobody concerned about that or nobody's brought it up or nobody talks about it because it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's neat, you know, like, yeah, we can do this. It's like, no one said, hey, what about, this how, how can we are protecting the creative mind power that's already been done over the past hundred years you know yeah I think uh, again it's a it's a very valid concern and and one that I think the speed at which this is moving um it it has a real um a real chance of getting left behind right this this um this uh, uh what, what's the word I'm looking for um where you, you copy something, um, there's Plagiarism. a word. Yeah, plagiarism. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me. I like when we all have those moments. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not getting any younger. So um, yeah. yeah, I think that, you know, plagiarism is a, a, a huge concern. Um, <clears throat> at the same not time, just, you mentioned, I mean, you know, not just plagiarism, but I, I'm sorry, not just plagiarism, no, no. like directly stealing from someone, but stealing 
ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, like like we're in the business of ideas here. I mean, that, that's that's what we, we get paid for. There's plenty of agencies and there's plenty of people that do things. We come up with ideas, whether strategic or creative or whatever. And the same thing with web solutions, I'm sure. It's about coming up with ideas. You know, WordPress is open. So we have to find ways of putting this piece and this piece together to build something really unique for that purpose, right? But now we can go in and borrow from and not just not just with words, but visually, um, music. I've I've seen people where they go in, write me a song that sounds like if it was written by Jimi Hendrix, and it'll do it. And 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 I'm like, that's can't do that. Like like that shouldn't be done. It seems like you know, yes, you can do it, but should you do it? You know, that's the question. Yeah, I think where where my mind goes with that that question, Michael, is that when you think about doing research or think about uh, you know human civilization as a whole. Um, the question that comes to my mind is haven't we already been doing that for thousands of years? Like, haven't we already been getting inspired by the things we see and experience and hear? Um, and then we, we translate those into our own ideas. Um, I, th- I think my, know, my theory like, on my, my theory on that is, is the way I have with my kids. I always said they're in college now, but like I was like, okay, if they can get through our security system at the house and break out and go out and not get caught, then good for them. But they have to earn it. I'm not just going to give them the keys. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to allow them to go do whatever. Like you have to kind of earn that, you know, versus it being handed to you. Now it's True. being handed to us, you know, like there needs to be an effort involved in that. I see Jackie grimacing like like she doesn't agree with me. But we did not have the same philosophy of child rearing, even though they are the same four kids. <laughs> just to be clear, I did not feel like if you could find a way to sneak out, then bully for you. Here's a beer. No, no, no. Not, not, not that. But it's kind of like kudos, you know, it's like, all right, you you, you kind of earn the right. Even though our, our kids were not that smart. We have um on the side note, we have a son that. Snuck out of the house one night in high school, and he um he pocket dialed Jackie at like two in the morning. Um, that was a fun <laughs> From night. the party that he was not uh, supposed to be at. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I could go on for hours about the the missteps I made as a as a young <laughs> person, <laughs> but that's not what the, this podcast is about. Maybe next time. Um, but no, I I I I hear what you're saying, and I agree that that is um. It's it's definitely something to be concerned with, and and like you mentioned earlier, are we a are we commoditizing um, a lot of things through this this upcoming AI and and these tools that we'll be using? Um, but are we also uh, are we um, diluting the the human aspect and the the creativity and the the ideas that we can bring um to to anything that we do um and i'm going to go back to my hope my hope is that when someone does use these tools in that way that the people that are dependent on these people who are using these tools can identify uh, whether this idea is, um, you know, something that was gleaned from um, some text on the inter- uh, on the internet, um, or if it's if it's something that inspires, you know, an additional idea. I don't I don't know the answer. That's uh, that's but that's my feeling is that um, I'm hopeful that as people will be able to kind of weed through those things and and find a way. But I don't know if that'll happen. Well, I think that Michael's concern, and and understandably, is that it's all going to just be less than. Um, It's Mm. all going to have that human element removed. It's all going to kind of start to blend in. To me, that gives creators a chance to, to stand out because they're more than. They don't look and sound like everything else. They do have a unique human voice. Um, And so for now, until the AI catches up and makes us all unnecessary, I think that we do have a, a purpose still. We'll take the next chapter when it gets here, you know? Yeah, I I don't think we'll ever not have a purpose. Thank um, you. Uh, you know, it, when, you, when you kind of step back and look at the larger view of um, human versus machine, um, one of the things I think about a lot is um, um, a guy named Ray Kurzweil or Kurzweil. Um, he's, uh, he's invented a, 
uh, numerous things that um, our society and the, the world is dependent on. Um, and he's also a futurist. He wrote a book called The Singularity is Near. And in that book, he detailed the compounding advancements in technology and how everything will move faster and faster and faster until we reach this point where human biology and machines become indistinguishable from each other. And I think at some point in the future uh, that as we become more dependent on technology and machines and AI and, you know, uh, um, for uh, adding, you know, things as simple as prosthetics or, you know, as advanced as Neuralink from uh, from uh, Elon Musk. And, and are we going to have all of this knowledge embedded in us at some point? And if we do that, does that then negate uh, our human creativity or does it bring us to an additional level of creativity and ideas. I don't know. Again, I'm just hopeful that mm -hmm. um, that it pans out in a positive way. I'm curious. Um, I was just thinking about what it must be like, like working for GoDaddy. You work for an internationally known company. I mean, is there like a little badge of honor you wear with that? I mean, other than it probably being a cool job, but working for a brand that's so well known. And I mean, how do you think that that name is perceived right now by the people that you come in contact with? Is it that kind of like, oh, you work at GoDaddy, that's pretty cool. Um, how, how does that work? Um, it, thank you for um, for bringing that up. I am very proud to, to work for um, this brand and this company. Um, the culture internally is really supportive, very inclusive, um, just not a bad word to say. Um, when you ask about what people's reactions are to when I say I work for GoDaddy, well, and I'll start with my personal feeling. Um, I went to community college. My degree is in advertising design back in 1992. Um, <laughs> we had one computer class and it was a tiny little Mac. And our big, our big assignment was to create a postage stamp and colorize it. Okay. So um, when I, and I left school and I went right to work in the office furniture industry, um, I ended up being a team leader. Then I learned about CNC machinery and how to program, you know, uh, uh, routing machines and all of these things. And then that sparked my interest in, in the web. And um, so throughout my life and my career, it's been just a series of these baby steps of, uh, well, I learned, uh, you know, how to make a website. And then in 2005, I found WordPress. It was founded in or created in 2003, but 2005, I found WordPress and I was like, oh, this is awesome because I'm right brain, left brain. And this is, this is both visually appealing, but it gives me the opportunity to get my hands dirty in code and, and whatnot. And then I knew at some point I was working customer service at the time <clears throat> and the job I had at the time, I was not happy. I was answering phones uh, for an audiobook company and dealing with people whose cassette tapes were unwound and they were angry and they wanted replacements. Um, <clears throat> but I was able to convince them to let me use WordPress to make some mini marketing sites. And then from there it translated into, you know, uh, other steps in, utilizing the software as part of my career. And I knew that's the one thing I knew that I wanted to work with this software in this community daily. <clears throat> and so when, now that I'm at a, a, a globally known company, a globally known brand, uh, I'm very proud of that. But when you asked what are people's reactions, sometimes it's, wow, go daddy. Okay. Cause there's a lot of recognition, recognition there. Um, and some people are like, Ooh, GoDaddy, because, uh, you know, like any other company, there's been uh, some missteps in the past with, you know, customer service and those sorts of things. Um, but when I get those reactions, especially, I can relate, right? I can say, oh, yeah, um, eight, nine, 10 years ago, there was this thing. Uh, but I'm happy to tell you about how the company is now and all the changes that have happened uh, um, since those times or that one specific event or whatever it is. Uh, so I'm both an, an advocate for the users, but also the company and the brand um, just based on my own experience. And again, <clears throat> I'm not, 
excuse my language, but I'm not bullshitting anybody. Um, I'm I'm being genuine about my experience. And there are hurdles working with a, a company of this size, as I kind of referenced earlier. There are just so many things to keep track of uh, and to be um, uh, um, knowledgeable about, especially in our role, you know, being the the, the face of the brand in this very specific audience. Um so it's it's challenging, but uh, I I couldn't imagine seeing myself anywhere else. That's awesome, and I do think you know having worked for although a, a much smaller industry, but having worked for a really well known company like Creative Artist Agency back in the day, um, it was it there is a badge of honor that comes with that. But you're right, you're also carrying the weight of expectations and previous experiences, and so I think that segues nicely into how every employee has to be an ambassador of the brand and has to best represent the company. And and it's their job to go out and change hearts and minds. And so I think you do a great job with that. Do you all have a specific program um, or training or is it just you hire well and so everybody kind of follows the same mode? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. There are numerous programs. Um, one of the one of the challenges with working again for a company of this size is all of the great things that we do that people don't know about. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, you know, a lot of people do know about it, but one of the one of the examples of that is our GoDaddy for Good initiative, or it's called the Empower Program, where we're specifically going into underrepresented and underserved communities and offering our knowledge and skills to help small business owners or entrepreneurs get started. Simply get started. Um, and uh, another example of that would be uh, GoDaddy's Venture Forward initiative. And Venture Forward uses anonymized data to provide policymakers uh, information on small businesses in their um, locations. So, in other words, we might uh, we might uh, partner with a, a mayoral conference or a a mayor of an individual city or the business leaders there and say, uh, we have this information available. It shows there's X tens of thousands of small business owners in your community, and here's what they need from you. And a lot of times it translates into uh, microloans or small business loans. So then we inspire policymakers to create initiatives and policies that will serve those individuals in their in their local communities. So then therefore they can be successful in their business. And that kind of uh, extrapolates into that community growing and being uh, more successful. So um, there are a lot of, there are a lot of things that we do that um, again, the challenge is to surface all of these things, right? Um, uh, I forgot your original question. Again, I keep doing this. I'm sorry. No, I was just asking about um, how the the company as a whole culture cultivates mm, the culture yeah. of people being brand ambassadors. Yes, yes, yes. So <laughs> uh, we have a lot of uh, employee resource groups uh, based on different um, topics. Um, our CEO, Amon Bhutani, um, is very uh, focused on making sure that the culture within the company is something that is supportive to every single employee. Um, and there is an open dialogue internally, like someone uh, from my team or someone from CARE uh, can use Slack and message our CEO directly and he'll, he will answer. Or we have these open channels of communications based on certain audiences or tools. So we have, we have one surrounding WordPress where, um, you know, primarily our team is just saying, here's all the things that are happening in WordPress. And then there'll be a conversation spark that says, well, what can we do with our various WordPress powered products to better serve our customers? And it'll be senior leadership uh, down to, you know, new employees having that conversation and having a say. So I think the, the culture that's been created here um, over a series of years and, and a series of leaders is really, really in a good spot. Um, of course, you know, with a company of this size, there's sometimes decisions that are made above um, what, what you know, someone like me would have visibility to. But I mean, that's with every company, right? You have to you have to be dependent on um, the trust that um, that you place in your leadership as well. And um, 
and I'm very happy with with how uh, GoDaddy has been functioning. That's awesome. I'm, I I'm a that. big fan. I'm a big fan of, you know, I'm a kind of a brand geek. I think um, GoDaddy is one of the like, Hall of Famers as far as, you know, branding goes. And they, um, you wouldn't think that that name would be appropriate. I don't know if I would have recommended it or suggested it, but uh, <laughs> I think with their their Super Bowl ad that they ran a while back, kind of put them on the map uh, globally and everybody was paying attention all of a sudden. It was um, things like that. And um, I know that there was, you know, some shift. I was just reading an article about the, the branding and whatnot, but I, I love the fact that, um uh, I guess Parsons was the um, the original um, guy behind everything, right? And mm-hmm. he said, um, what is it? Um, we noticed two things that most always happens when someone hears the name GoDaddy the first time. Uh, one, they smile. We like that. Two, they remember it. We love that. So we changed the name of the company to GoDaddy Software, Inc. Um, our name, GoDaddy, has no meaning other than we thought it was a kind of fun. I, I just, you know, to put and what it's turned into, this huge giant you know that's that's the name you think of when you think of hosting you think of web and you think of all these different things but but it started with that whimsical side of it and it just kind of you know when people are thinking about naming uh, architecture and how they're going to brand things and everybody wants to shove things into a box sometimes and it has to say what it means like i need to say bob's plumbing but does it you know i mean you know it, mm. sometimes you can you can break that mold we fight that all the time and um, it's so cool when you, when we get a project that comes in, that gives us, that takes the reins off and says, just, you know, come up with something cool that represents something. And for this, it was just, we thought it was fun, you know, and, 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 and it makes it approachable and something that's pretty terrifying for a lot of people, web stuff, because they don't understand it and they don't know it. And all of a sudden that name breaks down and it makes it very, very easy to just, you know, to not be afraid to ask questions, to not be afraid to explore. So I think there's more depth to that name in retrospect, whether it was implied or not, or whether it was meant or not, but I think it it worked for that purpose. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it is a fun name to say. It's it's very memorable. <clears throat> um, I think you've 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 articulated that really well. Um, and I would love to see more companies uh, have that kind of freedom, where um, you know the the word itself doesn't say anything about being a small business owner and and having a website or having a domain or email or any number of things that that GoDaddy offers. Um, and in some ways, it kind of begs the question for new people. Uh, so hmm, that's interesting. What what is GoDaddy? What do you do? Right. Uh, so it's kind of inviting in that sense, right, to, to dig in a little bit more and want to know more. It's a it's it's a kind of a teaser and in some ways. Now, I, I will say also that, you know, there's that name was created back in, I think, I think it was 96 or so. 99, uh, it says here. 99 when the company was uh, founded or when that name um, was decided upon. And, um, you know, that those, that era was a different time from uh, what we're in now too. Um, and mm-hmm. just like, you know, this isn't the best example, but HBO Max is changing their branding to just Max and they're changing the the purple colors that we're used to and they're just using the blue. Um, I'm not a fan of that decision uh, because what purpose does it serve um, other than to be an exercise in branding? Does it make me feel any closer to, to that brand and that solution? Um, I'm not quite sure it does. In fact, it it has a negative feeling. Why are you taking away what I'm used to? So when um, the reason I mentioned that is that, uh, you know, if GoDaddy to, were to ever, uh, you know, continue to change their branding uh, to something different from that name or an, or an expanded version of it, or um, even a more simplified version of it, or a more direct version of it that speaks to the actual solutions that, that we provide, I'm not sure that it would, it would have a benefit. Um, it could go either way. Right. You know, I think you bring up two great points. Um, one is the name should say exactly what you do. It should give space. What's a Nike. And if they had named it Nike shoes, then they couldn't sell all the other things that they sell. So I, I think giving it space and then you have to spend the time and energy to constantly educate people on who you are, what you do. I could go walk outside this door and ask 10 people, what does GoDaddy do? And they, they may not know, but that's okay. They're not your target audience, but you continue to educate and make aware. The other thing that I think is really powerful is when it comes down to it, you want to be able to build 
a brand. And so it's not like it's going to be ready-made out of the box. It gets built over time and it allows shifting and changing. When HBO Max, I'm sure in some boardroom, said, hey, let's change our name. We're going to get rid of the thing everybody knows, HBO. We're going to go with the thing that nobody knows, Max. And then we aren't actually the Max. I mean, I can't watch everything there, right? I can only watch a certain segment of things there. So not only are we going to use a name that doesn't have any brand equity or value, but it also in no way is honest and truthful. There's trouble ahead. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I and I think, you know, the, the thing that you've just said is super important is that you have to choose something that can grow. Um, in my example of my WP Pro Business tutorial site, well, what if I wanted to do tutorials on anything other than WordPress? Then the WP would make zero sense. Uh, although my last name is Warner, so I could have, you know, come up with something Warner sure. person. Warner person business or something, but Please I, call I think us. that's. Please do not name something Warner person. My yes. God. That would be a really strange name, uh, but maybe memorable. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's super important uh, for branding all up for anyone, entrepreneur, small business owner, a established business. Maybe, maybe your brand does need to change to allow that growth. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. If you yeah. do, if you do need a name, my guy Warner. That's what I would go with. <laughs> Your personal AI assistant, my guy I, Warner. I, I have a guy. Everybody has a guy, and you could be that guy. My <laughs> guy Warner, that guy. Call him. I, I he knows. He knows stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we're giving the first one away for free, possibly, but maybe in the future, Michael, yeah. we could set a meeting and do some research, and not just you mix up something on a call. There you go. That's that's your that's your uh, your lead magnet for me. I'm just saying he, he undermines the business principle on a regular basis. <laughs> Let me just give it away for free. Yeah, that's great. Um, and, oh, and it's fast and easy. I can come up with it in two seconds. You don't need to pay us for time. Yeah, just ask Chat GPT what my what my um, brand name should be. Um, we had a client do it. that the other day. He's still stinging from the process. Yeah, yeah they sent me a list of uh, of taglines that they that they did, and they were very proud of it. And I was like, all right, first of all, these are the things that we rejected the first time. Like they're all very obvious and, you know, so anyway, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a brave new world out there. It is. And it's a, it's, we're in the, we're in the wild west right now of, of AI and um, digital uh, uh, solutions. So I think we'll all have to take a deep breath, um, utilize the tools the best we know how at, at this moment. Um, try to um, think about how these tools might um, be used in the future to help benefit ourselves and our customers and you know the world as a whole. And then maybe a little bit of finger crossing. Yeah. Well, and I think you said it, it's the sky's not falling. Let's all just, you know, take a deep breath and see how this thing unfolds and continue to guide the process as it goes. But, you know, we haven't been replaced yet. And it's okay. We'll be fine. As far as we know. <laughs> oh. See, now you get to be done when this is over. I have to live with the ramifications of your words. I'm sorry. <laughs> Michael does not take this stuff well. It really weighs mm. on him. Well, I that, have not yeah. mentioned the futurists and all of their thoughts about it because that would put him into a spiral from which we cannot recover. He, here's my, one that's that I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to say. But my guy Warner said he alluded to. <laughs> I'm going to be referencing you for months now. There you go. You Quote me. Uh, um, there was a really interesting, just on the AI subject, just to close it out, uh, that uh, there was a, a really interesting episode of 60 Minutes last night where they talked to um, the, the CEO of Google, uh, I think the current CEO, where he was talking about uh, um, their AI solution and, and what the ramifications um, can or, or, or will be. Um, it was very, very telling and very scary. Uh, but also very hopeful. So I, I, th I thought it found the balance very well, which is what I try to do. And so for anybody who's listening to this, he's referring to the um, Sunday, April 16th episode. So you can go back and find that. Yes. Thank you for specifying the date. <laughs> My job is to keep the listeners current on timelines as we are, you know, in the past. Yeah. Makes sense. For sure. For sure. Um, <clears throat> I have a million other questions, but also have to respect your time. Adam, thank you. This was 
awesome. This exceeded my expectations. You were a huge git. And then not only do you end up living up to your name, but you're fun to talk to and you bring great insight. So double win. Thanks. Well, I can't thank you, Jackie and Michael, enough for having me. Um, I would love to have another conversation with you all um, offline or online, whatever it is. I've really enjoyed my time and the conversation today. Oh, you're on the invite backlist, buddy. Don't you worry. You will be in your <laughs> okay. inbox regularly. Sounds good. Awesome. Thank you so much. And if anybody wants to follow him, maybe keep track of what Adam's doing. Adam, where do they do that best? Uh, I am most active on Twitter these days, uh, and my handle is at WPModer. That's W-P-M-O-D-D-E-R. A really bad branding name because, well, not so bad because it has WP, but Moder stood for modifying because I was modifying WordPress, which has no relevance to anybody. But Twitter is probably the best spot. Uh, My DMs are always open, happy to have conversations, happy to amplify anything that any of your listeners are doing um, and, and help spread the word. Awesome. Thank you so much, Adam. You were a delight. Thanks, Jackie. Thanks, Michael.